Welcome to another episode of Exploring Arts Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Karen Hincapi. I am very pleased to have Alex with us today. Welcome to Exploring Arts Podcast. So on today's case study, it is designed to help American viewers appreciate its 1986 exhibition of the Japanese Buddhist art from Tudai. The Chicago Art Institute produced a catalog called The Great Eastern Temple, which explained the religious views of the period. Um, to know more about what this museum is, uh, the Art Institute of Chicago in Chicago's Grant Park was founded in 1879, and it is one of the oldest and largest art museums in the whole world. It is definitely a place worth visiting, and it is visited by 1.5 million people annually so that's big that's a lot of people meditation um and art came together for this um beautiful exhibition in that year that i mentioned earlier and this all came from the great eastern temple in japan and um so yeah let's discuss a little bit more about this specific topic Meditation can grant a duration of life measured in kalpas. A kalpa is a long period of time, like millions or billions of years um, in the Buddhist religion. Um, so when we look at the Japanese sculptures and the art of the Buddha of the Great Eastern Temple, there is a, a specific Buddha that has like an afro or maybe like a crown or something on top of its head and people usually refer to it as an afro and this afro represents that the buddha meditates for five kalpas or that the buddha is meditating for very long long periods of time so that's what the afro itself represents when the amida buddha was still the dharmakara bodhisattva dharmakara had thought about the relief of every living thing for five kalpas so this statue of the afro hair Buddha was actually made to express the state of the five kalpas, long meditation and tell us how long Dharmakara himself continued to meditate for our assurance and how hard Dharmakara worked for the resolution of our sufferings. It took five kalpas because Dharmakara didn't want to leave anyone behind. So to better understand what Amida Sutra is, First of all, there are three Pure Land Sutras, and they are as follows. One, the Larger Sutra, two, the Contemplation Sutra, and three would be the Amida Sutra. So the Amida Sutra is the shortest of all the, th the actual three sutras. But when we say short, don't think it's like a short period of time, because again, a kapha could be like billions of years, millions of years. So it's still a really long period of time. It's a long and extended meditation and um here the buddha shakyamuni addresses his chief discipline without awaiting a question he describes briefly the glorious features of amida and his land of bliss mentions that buddhas in the six quarters praise amida's virtue and urge all beings to accept this sutra in faith and explains the method of attaining birth in his land so according to this sutra if one is mindful of amida and holds fast to Amida's name for one to seven days. At the end of one's life, Amida and a host of sages will appear before the person to escort him or her to the pure land. 
So now regarding the art and the exhibition, could someone ignorant of Buddhism understand all these works without the catalog, without the information, without the research? Alex, how do Buddhists describe ignorance? So for those people who aren't Buddhist or religious may not actually be aware of the works, but still appreciate Buddha as an art itself. So they may interpret the meaning of these arts and works in their own way. So it doesn't necessarily mean the person is ignorant, but they just haven't deep, di um, deep dive into the um, concept behind the work. Mm, okay, yeah, that does make a lot of sense. And um, yeah, I guess it, it does depend on like how much research the person knows. It's really about how much do you know and um, how you can relate what you know to the actual artworks and the pieces of art. So what about could someone who knows that a sculpture is entitled Amida Meditating Through the Five Kalpas understand the work without knowing the significant uh, significance of meditating in the Buddhist doctrine? So to really understand the depths of Amida and the Five Kalpas, there needs to be more of an understanding of the specific purpose of the meditation. So if the person knows the title, they may have not done their research and may not know the significance only to the extent of the research they have done. So again, they it's really just depend on what they know from just learning or what they looked up. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's kind of like, um, so they might know the title, meet and meditate through five kalpas, and then they might know, okay, well, I know um, Amida is like a certain specific kind of meditation, but they might not really know what Kalpas is or, um, or where it came from. Yeah, exactly. Like where it came from, like who's the actual teacher. It just, it goes really deep because um, again, there's five different Kalpas and there's different sutras and it's just, it's more about how much you know about the religion and um, yeah, just knowing everything in depth. So they might just know, okay, this is a different kind of um, Buddha. This Afro represents, you know, a uh, long meditation, but they not, might not really know in depth about what this meditation brings to the table. Okay, Alex, thank you for that. Um, and last question, could one be fully aware of the realism of the 13th century sculpture of the monk Eugene if one were ignorant of the fact that the sculptures depicts a 13th century monk who supervised the rebuilding of Tudai? So what a lot of people don't know is there's actually many different sculptures of Buddha, many different centuries. So to depict that sculpture is of Dijin, there must be some type of prior knowledge. So again, you're gonna have to do like your own research. So it's really just what you've seen and what you actually believe. So he was a real teacher and writer. So some may see the sculpture and think it's just a representation of the Buddha and not actually Dijin himself. It makes sense. There is a lot of different artworks of different Buddhas and teachers. It's hard to keep up. But I hope this podcast opens awareness to those who had no clue about this exhibition and learn more in depth about what the Buddhist art from Tudai, um, aka the greatest Eastern temple, actually represents. Um, so yeah, because there is like... Um, different uh, countries have different types of Buddhas. For example, the Chinese Buddha is actually like the big fat belly bald Buddha. And then the Indian one 
is you know looks different um but then again a lot of those can look the same and some might be teachers and they might be um they make them look like they're enlightened so people might think like oh this is just a regular buddha but it's actually a real person or a real teacher writer just like this monk was and it, again yes it's literally just about how much you know in order to um feel the vibes of the sculpture and the paintings of these specific teachers when they're drawn as buddhas so let's look at the artwork from the exhibit in chicago and let's discuss like our personal thoughts on some of these artworks um so let's see I'm just gonna ask you a couple questions and what do you think about some of these specific arts um, what do you feel when you see like the face of the Buddha um, in that first picture? So I feel like everyone would have the same answer to that once they first take a look at it. Like he just looks angry or he's like, look like he's protecting our garden something yeah like he's ready for like some type of war yeah, um like holding down yeah like whatever he's protecting he definitely looks grounded um that's what i get out of that um and he wants to protect and he's like he's ready to go like so that's how i see it too and i love how in the bottom we see where they placed it and it's kind of like in a corner over there um I'm not sure if to another Buddha. Um, when you what about when you see the Buddha with the with the crown with the sticks, kind of like the lines. Um, it looks like like a type of like savior, like a guardian angel. Yeah, like they made it kind of look like godly. Yeah like enlightened so i would like think there life or just help people that are like sick or down mm -hmm. so so the different it's crazy because the different ways that they um you know the expression of the buddhas it can kind of you kind of get a feel of like what this buddha um teaches or what this meditation would possibly be about if you're like meditating in front of this Buddha, because in these countries, they do sit down and like meditate in front of these sculptures um, and take big groups of people. Um, so yeah, that does make sense how like the art can actually um, make an impact and and on the actual meditation, like the intention of the meditation and the sculpture can make such a big difference in what you're meditating or the kind of meditation that you're doing. Um, if we keep going, we see um, just different angles of the actual museum and this exhibition. And like, how do you feel about the, like where they placed everything and how they placed it? I mean, I, when you look at the actual Buddha itself, it might look godly, but like when you actually just look at the whole, the thing as a whole, um, it doesn't look like a church or anything. It doesn't look like it came from a temple. How do you feel about that? The way they set up the museum, 
but you could tell they put certain Buddhas that probably have different meanings with each other. So like the ones that represent war or protection that you could see because they just look like real defensive. Mm-hmm. And then all the ones that are like, you know, the godly ones, they like all sitting in each corner with each other looking like they're sitting praying. Yeah. Like there's even cool. one where it looks like he's walking with a a bag, like a knapsack it. So it's just a lot of different depictions of just Buddha in general. Yes, there is. And I see that. And I and I really love the the feel of they actually have here um a whole um artwork of the actual temple itself. And that's a really big and great piece of art because I actually feel like like I'm there when I see this. Um, like I can feel myself like walking through the rooms and get a feel of the atmosphere of this place. So I really, really enjoy um, this art piece of art because and I, I literally feel like I'm there. It's crazy. Um, that's beautiful. And I love that they put that like right in the center and all the Buddhas around. And I can, um, from knowledge and how we were talking about, I can see the one artwork where of the monk, I can tell that that's the actual monk and not a Buddha, but um, others might not get that unless they actually know like about this division and what it represents. But I can definitely tell the difference between this realistic person and versus, um, you know, just the other sculptures of Buddha. So that that's, that's big. Um, I enjoy that. I know the difference. And um, let me see. So yeah, they do group. They did group all the Buddhas. I I really like the big hand. What do you get from the big sculpture of just the hand, like doing like I guess it, it's like an um sign, like a meditative pose. Yeah, it looks like a type of meditation, like signaling like peace. Yeah, I feel like, like I can lay on that. It's huge. Like, it looks really big. Yeah. It's real big, but it's like it looks like it's just representing like peace and just when you look at it, it makes you just feel like warm and that you're safe. Yeah, you're right. I really like that. I like that you got that from from the hand. Well, this is was a really beautiful exhibition, and I would love to visit Chicago if anybody's interested. Um, let me let me give the actual address to this um museum or institute museum in chicago or institute of chicago um it is um in downtown so it's open on mondays from 10 to 11 um, for members only, well, for the public, let's just discuss that. It's open Monday, 11 to 6. And Tuesdays and Wednesdays, it's closed. And then Thursday through Sunday, it is open 11 to 6 p.m. Closed on like major holidays like Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. But um, let's see. So this is like in the heart of downtown Chicago. If anybody's interested, well, 
I want to thank you for joining us so much today, Alex. I really appreciate it. This concludes- thank you so much for having me. <laughs> this concludes the Exploring Arts podcast. Um, everyone feel free to subscribe to Exploring Art podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon. And remember to stay curious. Goodbye. Thank <laughs> you.